Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, and you are not. With me, all the way from... I don't know where the hell he is. Wales is the gold standard and ghost hunter himself, Mr. Uh, Steve Parsons. It's not going well your end, is it? Didn't I do that so smoothly? Communications has not been your strong point lately since you've got that bloody book. Hello? Yeah, you just went on the air. And, oh, uh, <laughs> okay, sorry. Cancel, cancel your video too as well. Okay, give me one second. God. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? How I'm sorry. How's the curse going, Ron? Oh. Yeah, curse is doing well, can't you tell? There we go. <laughs> All right, joining us now is someone who I've known for a long time, almost 20 years now, believe it or not, according to some charts, is the uh, my partner and originally Ghost Chronicles co-host, uh, Maureen Wood. Hey, how you doing? I yeah, can't believe so she's still speaking to you after all this time. Well, I, I know, huh? Who, who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Steve. Um, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Good out. Yeah, likewise, doing well. Enjoying the... Uh, yeah, well, how's I'll... your wash machine? Yeah, thanks for that. You owe me 300 bucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't employ You're... me. Get it from the picture. That's your curse killed it. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing with the cursed picture anyway, Ron? Oh, I should ask, right? Yeah, right. Ask on the air or I'm not telling anyone. Good idea. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. anyways, I uh, I came back from uh, the dead? TV. And, yeah, they did. I've done that already. I mean, didn't they have done that, you know? So anyways, I've come back from uh, Baraka TV today. And once again, I, I did a show and had to ask about a trillion questions about Maureen Wood. Because I never want to give a shit about me. Uh, it's always That's about Maureen. <laughs> so, anyway, they're obviously very discerning. So I'm, <laughs> I'm getting very, very tired of answering for you. So I figure I would ask the questions, and then you could answer them. And there you go. I will never have to answer them again. Mm, I don't know if that's the case. Go ahead. I shall leave you two to it, and I shall get on with some work. Then while you two chat amongst no, you, no, 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 no don't no, you dare! You, you no, I'm quite. The... No, I'm quite content. I've got stuff to get on with. <laughs> don't you dare! Don't you dare leave us! We'll fire you. That's right. What, like last week. Yeah, Wait, like you come week. visiting in September, August, September, and you know, yeah, yeah just make you pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> you won't make you pay for a new no. washing machine. There won't be there won't be any heat in your uh, cottage. Oh, wait a minute, oh. there wasn't last year. No, there wasn't last year. Oh well. That's anyway, that is it. <laughs> so, Steve, you've actually never had the chance to work with Maureen, have you? No, we haven't. We nope. uh, yeah, we haven't had that pleasure yet. Mm-hmm. Nope, I think we've been on like uh, last Spirit Quest. Um, yeah, I was we, off we kept, with Leslie we and well everybody's. Apart. 
Yeah, everybody's kind of separated, right, in different groups. So yeah. you were off with a lesbian. No, oh. Leslie. Oh, Leslie. Oh my yeah. gosh. What the hell is wrong with this headset? What's wrong with your hearing? And uh, I, w- I was with the Belanger over in um, yes. Lucille's Cottage. That's right. Oh, it was quite an honor. Boy, lucky you. Indeed, he you did, also he, have he the cat. He an honor. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you also did, have the EMF reader or did, something that was a cat? I did. Do you know, I, yeah, yeah, I've still got a, uh, an attachment to that critter. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm hoping that... Um, Oh, Sandra. 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 Yeah. Do you know, I speak to him uh, quite a few times. Uh, I just had name just slipped then. Um, sure, I'm hoping sure, she'll, sure. she'll she'll put it down sometime next this time around. It'll disappear. It'll run off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking kitty litter and a basket. Good thing. <laughs> just I was going to ask you if it worked. I mean, um, yeah. It's a- so wait a minute. Tell us about this this kitty that you you are so fond of, Steve. The the kitty I adopted at Spirit Quest last year. It's one yes, of those. Tell um, us more about it. It's one of those paranormal kitties. This one had some form of EMF. Um, obviously, I couldn't dissect it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> vivisection isn't allowed on ghost hunts, but uh, it had some sort of. Uh, well, EMF. not on this one. On other ones, it may be. Yeah, it had some sort of EMF meter or perhaps a motion detector inside it, and. Uh, it communicated uh, via a series of colored lights around its collar. Around yeah, its... and it was like it looked uh, like a little stuffed animal, right? Like it was. A, it was just a stuffed. It was just a, a stuffed kitty. Didn't you right. have to lift up its tail or something? Uh, I was looking. I only lifted up its tail because it was looking for the on-off switch. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that apparently it, uh, that's the, the place to look. <laughs> yeah, well, being British, but the on-off switch yeah. was uh, it was a squeeze. <laughs> You gave the kitty a hug, and uh, that was the on-off activation. Oh, okay. Not yeah, sticking right. your finger up the hiney? Well, I, I, I looked there first. Oh, I looked in the fuck about me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, looked in the, I looked in the most obvious place I could think of. Oh, see. You know, where would you hide it, an on-off button? On the button of its nose. Well, uh, having been familiar with cats, the only button <laughs> shape I could think of on a kitty was underneath its tail. Okay, uh-huh. fine. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, but we got on. We got on famously. Um, I. But did it work? I I didn't put it down long enough. I was too busy stroking it. <laughs> no, wait a minute. When Petting you stroke it, it does, does it purr? Yeah, no. But the lights would randomly flash, so I guess it liked it. Was it communicating? Is that? I don't know. I don't know. I I didn't get much of an opportunity because obviously Jeff and I were were hosting the uh, groups that were there. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't get an opportunity. Then you know it was late at night when we finished, and uh, she didn't dare bring it back the next day in case it disappeared. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have drooled all over it. I think that was. The <laughs> <laughs> she was afraid you'd take it back. That's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, but I'm hoping she'll she'll bring it back this year so I can have a longer um, time to play with the kitty. Right. And, and uh, yeah, what's really it, it was, how, you, how, you, how you phrase this, Pompous? Yeah, exactly. exactly. 
Um, so, Steve, for those who missed uh, Spirit Quest last year, Steve and I and Jeff uh, did a little impromptu uh, news conference kind of thing. We took questions and answers. And uh, I think it was two, two, three, four weeks ago. I don't remember. But uh, on Next Generation, we actually get the audio from that. And you can listen to that if you did miss it. And uh, it's on iTunes or on the uh, Tojinet site, one or the other. You can pick it up for sure. And it was good. There was lots of interesting questions as well. There was, there was, right. And uh, we didn't give the same answers because obviously we 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 agree on many things, but we disagree on some too. We do? We do. We all like women. I guess that's an agreement. You speak I don't think that were your questions though, were they? No, that wasn't one of the questions. It's One question I was expecting to ask is, do you like pussy? Um, and I did like the pussy. Uh, I stroked it you know, quite a few times during the investigation. And the EM, EM flight went off, and yep, that was good. I, that's the one. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, moving be, right huh? along. <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> it's going downhill really fast. You realize that? No. Well, any form of stuff that, I mean, you've got, you, they're, they're actually quite common now. On moving right on from stuffed animals. <clears throat> okay. Is I started off by asking if you had ever worked with Maureen, and the answer to that was no. Not so, yet. Yes. I, uh, so let me ask you this. Have you ever worked with a transmedium at all? Uh, yes, I have on several occasions. Derek Acora, right? No. <laughs> I don't think Der- Derek isn't, uh, uh, doesn't usually uh, do transmediumship very often. No? Um, certainly not as part of his general stage show. Um, Excuse or, me? Or his... Stage show? Yes. He... Demonstration, not stage show. Stage well, show. That's just, stage, I'm show, sure, de- I'm sure. stage show denotes uh, trickery. Perhaps it might be, but that's, oh, I mean, that's I'm just. A, tell him next time I, <laughs> yeah. I get a T-shirt for him. That's just, I mean, stage show is, is it's just a normal, I think, a fair British description of uh, Derek goes on tour and he, he uh, performs on a stage for an audience. I don't okay. think that's an unfair, unreasonable we'll, description. We'll, of, give it, we'll give you that. Only because you're British and we'll, we'll overlook yeah. your lack of uh, the tomato tomato english american english so anyway yeah, it's called english for a reason yeah american english it's not called american english we cannot no it yeah there's no language in the world known as american english hey only... you gonna it, it is england's uh patron saint do america have a patron saint yes trump no i mean seriously oh. do you have a patron saint no, we do not, because we we. Uh, I find we, yeah, I'm surprised. Unfortunately, we unfortunately we have to separate religion and state in in, in Americas. I'm genuinely surprised by that because America is way more God fearing than Britain. You know, we probably have uh, uh, patron uh, pie. We probably have patron flowers, songs, uh, patron cars, patron uh, water fountains. Uh, but no, we're not allowed to have anything religious as patron sainties. Ah, well, there we are. Because today is St. George's Day, and St. George is one of England's patron saints. Really? Yeah, really. Okay. Was he paranormal or anything? Uh, he slayed the dragon. You know, that's paranormally related, you know, right? You know, but but you well, actually, dragons, you do know dragons don't exist, right? They do over here. Um, oh. I live in the land of the dragon. Where in, in in the land of Game of Thrones? No, we have we have dragons in Wales. 
I'm married to one. <laughs> okay. I believe cats at work right now. <laughs> <laughs> but in actual fact, our other patron saint uh, actually uh, got his um, saintliness from a supernatural act. Really? He did indeed. Um, and who are you talking about? This is St. Edmund, who was actually our original patron saint. No, then he demoted him, sort of like what would the church uh, do? No, no, no he, he, he didn't get demoted. He got slightly put... Uh, during the Reformation, many of the, uh, the original um, churches dedicated to St. Edmund were uh, dissolved by Henry VIII and, his, and the Tudors. Uh, but the military aspect of George... St. George, who was always the patron saint of the, of the British uh, military, mm-hmm. um, survived because obviously uh, they'd been adopted uh, in all of our campaigns. Mm-hmm. And, he- and Henry needed those campaign links to Henry V and mm-hmm. III. And, uh, but, but with the case of St. Edmund, uh, who was a real life King of Britain, uh, King of uh-huh. England, um, that he was, the, he, he was uh, in conflict with the Vikings. Uh, who uh, eventually captured him and tied him to a tree. And uh, first of all, they shot him, shot him through with arrows, and then beheaded him. Um, oh, that's going to hurt. Well, this is the supernatural part. His decapitated head was then reunited with his body uh, with the help of a talking wolf who protected the head and that called, makes sense. Out, <laughs> called out to alert Edmund's followers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually buried in Bury St. Edmunds, strangely. That's str- oddly enough. Anyways, we do have a guest, so I thought we might talk to our guest. Yeah, I was just celebrating. You rant and rave so about so England. So. But I, well, I, England I, is a very important place. Yes, I'm No, I'm not a lot. to us. We're in America. We don't give a crap. I care. No, you don't. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'll let you know what you care for, we'll, what you don't we'll care. Oh, really? You should bear that in mind, then, when your president comes for a state visit. Oh, I could care less. Anyways, uh, moving right along. So what I was trying to get at, Steve, is that yeah. you had never worked with a, with Maureen before as a transmedium. Oh, for God's sakes, go away. <laughs> is that your okay. phone, Ron? Yeah, That's it's Cal. <laughs> Calls every freaking show. <laughs> so anyways, you had never worked, so... I thought you might be interested in on how she works and 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 how she gets her information. I just just thought I, that was... I would be I would be fascinated to learn more. So, what part of that would you like to learn? Is what I'm asking. You ask well, questions on this since you're the the one that's okay. never worked. Shut up, then. Answer your phone. Oh. Shut up. Because one of the things that does intrigue me is is uh, how the messages are received how or perceived. Is it received or perceived? Which is the more accurate description, Maureen? Depends I'd say it's actually, Shut up. It's a little of both, right? Because uh-huh. it's how I'm picking up on it and how and which way I'm picking up on it, right? Right. Um, but I would say that it varies depending on the location, depending on the intensity of the the spirit. Um, there are times where it almost sounds like there. It may not be so much trance channeling. It could be just that I'm hearing them, and either I hear them in my in um, you know my mind's eye. In other words, like I hear them in my mind, or either I hear them speaking right outside my ear. It can be that strong. Um, other times, it's just a quick glimpse or a feeling. Um, and then the closer the energy gets, or the more intense it gets, there are times when that's when 
I think if, you know, not always the case, but if I allow it to come through, then that makes more like a, a connection where I'm speaking, they're speaking through me. Is it pure clear audience in your case, or do you actually have um, other ways of sensing or seeing or perceiving spirit? Yeah, it's, it's, it varies. It changes. So um, there are times where it's not just clear audi- audience and hearing them, um, but I will actually, like, I feel them. You know, I can feel uh-huh. their presence so that it almost, I feel that energetic change, the shift in energy. Uh-huh. Um, and I, there are times, you know, I remember at the Houghton Mansion being there and uh, communicating with the spirit and the, it, the energy got so strong on my arms, I just felt like somebody had connected me into a live wire, like a live socket. When you when you go into trance, how much are you aware of um, whilst you're in trance of your present sit- surroundings? So, for example, when you're at the Hooton Manor, uh, Hooton Mansion, are you disconnected entirely from the present while you're in trance? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, sometimes I am. Uh, Steve. So <clears throat> again, it's varying degrees, right? So if you have someone that it's just think of it to me like a whisper, right? That uh-huh. comes through and t- they're comically paying attention to rules, I would say. In other words, they're not trying to force me out if I don't choose to be, but they're uh-huh. yet I'm getting communication from them. Um, and then there are then there are those that I come through so quickly and so fast and so strongly that it's almost I, I am not aware of everything that's going on. What, what um, has always intrigued me, because mediums, and you used, it, you used the term uh, there, is that you are pushed out by the by this possessing or entrancing spirit. Now, I mean, what's always puzzled me about that is if you're pushed out, where do mm-hmm. you get, where, where are you where do you go? Yeah, where um, do you go? Not them, because if they've shoved you to one side, where where yeah. exactly have you gone? And how do you reclaim your physical um, state? Well, as an example, there's been a couple of times. One, um, when we were in Portsmouth Lighthouse with um, trying to think, Connie Small, I believe, was the spirit that had come through. Mm-hmm. But her her excitement for being alive, her feeling of just kind of jumping in and wanting to feel like she was alive again. Literally, I was standing there almost looking over myself um, right. as if I was shoved right out. And and Ron could correct me, but I actually think I kind of dropped like a sack of potatoes that time. Um, so that one was a little, you know, but that was not some, you know, demonic or nasty spirit. No, it was no, just, no. just her will to kind of see what it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other time was a little bit nastier, and that was at the Houghton Mansion uh, where – I was, you know, bringing a girlfriend around, showing her we really weren't even doing in a, uh, I hate to say legitimate, but an investigation with Ron. Ron was downstairs, so he wasn't even aware um, that I was walking around the manor with my friend. And we got into Mary's chair in the room, and it was so bizarre. And it's a learning experience all the time, right? So Uh while I was sitting in the chair feeling the presence of Mary Houghton, which was really sweet and nice – it was almost as if she was warning me, you know, telling me that, uh, you know, her father was coming. And the next thing you know, maybe because I opened up to Mary, uh, it was like a tiger, you know. You know, I always say like pulling a tiger by the tail, right? Like he jumped right in. 
I don't even recall half of it until I was on the floor and I could hear myself. I mean, I could hear everybody around me. People were telling Ron to call for an ambulance. Um, Ron was telling him, what am I supposed to tell him? You know what I mean? That <laughs> someone came in and pushed her out. Like, you know, you've fallen it's and you can't good get to up. Know Ron's got your back, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. He did. But as he was, he was doing, you know, Ron could probably say what he was doing. But all I remember is feeling that I was far away and the voices had faded. So I could hear people, but, and I don't know where I was, but I felt, I was walking through quicksand. Like I literally was trying to come back to my body and it felt like I was struggling to do that. Um, and in it, I don't even remember how long I was kind of out, um, uh-huh. you know, trying to come back to myself. But I will say that after that, I felt like my, you know, like I literally felt like I had holes in my chest, like my heart hurt me for a week. I was wearing crystals to try to build my energy back up because, you know, it was pretty scary. It felt like I had tears in my, my own field. I want to actually comment a little bit. And and the the first thing is that uh, as far as her stepping back, I mean, in both our books, Ghost Chronicles and more Ghost Chronicles, uh, there are some of the parts where she transpired channel that she absolutely didn't remember anything. I was a, those were the parts I actually had to write. Uh, and as far as the, the theory behind it, which is, is very intriguing because this goes all the way back to uh, anesthesiologists. Uh, we don't know where our conscious goes when we are, go under, but we're not there evidently. <laughs> and the other thing is even in near-death experiences, we, we have that same type of thing where our consciousness uh, separate from a, a body. Now, it, do they actually physically go somewhere? Uh, it's we don't know, you know, quite frankly. But there is that separation on some level. Yeah, it was just a description that so many mediums use that they are pushed out of their body by mm-hmm. the by the spirit, and it's always you know one of the questions is like, well, where do you go? I mean, are right. you just standing alongside yourself, beside you know, behind yourself, or passively? going, oi, can I have my body back? Is it, right. is, it bec- wait a minute, is it because we think of things in a physical world rather than an energy world or a, a, some type of a quantum physics world where it's, you know, the physical uh, things don't apply? I mean, we, we don't really even know what we are as far as our consciousness. We, do we really know what it is? No, so, but what I was trying to do is clarify the descriptions that, that, that because it's it's a common way that mediums express mm-hmm. themselves and express right. the experience. So I was just trying to get it defined a little bit. Because it's, and I will say, it's one of those things where, you know, they say if you, when you go to the other side, right, to come back and try to express in, you know, our knowledge what it mm. what it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the colors that you see that you'll never get those same vibrancies. You'll never really be able to put into words what it is you are feeling. Maybe it's something like that because it's it's the only way you can express it sometimes. And we know mm-hmm. it probably doesn't do it justice um, mm-hmm. because it's just a very, you know, a, it is an odd, strange feeling. And I don't even like seeing myself. And there are many people out there that will say, you know, oh, she's faking. Oh, what a great actress. And yeah, she, she'll trans channel at, at the sight of a camera. Yeah, exactly. And to yes. me, that's insulting. And, you you know, because, you well, it is. It, it's because that if anybody who knows me as a person, not just someone that they see watching a video, um, 
you know, I'm least would hope the people that know me well know that that is not me by any means. And in fact, we always say this, but when we wrote the book together, you know, painstakingly so, Ron would, you know, take out these videos for us to watch. And it was, that was like walking through quicksand um, because I would, I did not like seeing myself on video. I don't like seeing that part of myself. It's, it's difficult to see. Mm-hmm. When you we watch actually, yourself on, on video, do you actually have any uh, empathy uh, or is it more like watching a third person? Can it's like you watching actually, a third person. You, you, you've got no sense of actually being there or being part of that experience. Only before and after. Uh-huh. So, for instance, being there um, when we went and we were in uh, Connecticut at the lighthouse, you know, that was one that was on the television. Right. So everybody was like, oh, my God. And, and I'll tell you. To watch that is terrifying to me because I don't remember it. I really – it's its like if you had – You almost grabbed my shirt for crying out loud. I know. Sorry. Well, it's its like having having amnesia, Steve. So like you are you see yourself, you know you were somewhere, and then you have short-term memory loss for that period of time, and you don't recall everything that happened. I think I can empathize with that. My teenage years were, were like that. <laughs> I think most of your adult years. I bet well. you they were. <laughs> yeah, pe- people tell me I went and went and did things, and I was at this concert or that performance, and obviously I was there, but I can't remember. Now, see if you watched yourself on video and you yeah. videoed and see it, you must have this odd feeling, like, "Wow, that's me," because I didn't, I don't recall that. Well, funnily enough, I've seen some photographs and video that were taken during these events, and I'm I'm there. I'm, I can see myself, but I, I've got no connection to it at all. It is right. just like watching uh, any other strange person. I don't feel anything from it, uh, or it doesn't trigger any any emotions or any feelings or any uh, memories. Right. So for me, when I see it, I just look at it and think, oh, my God, this is out there now. For, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, there's no yeah. taking it back. Um, and it's not it's something that, you know, I, my granddaughter, let's put it this way. My granddaughter already shows signs of um, having a, abilities. And I look at her and think, oh, my God, like she'll be growing up seeing some of these. And I don't want her to be afraid. Right. But that's a given. I mean, I'm sure she's going to have her own series of experiences that she'll have to grow and learn through. But it's it's not always ones that are comforting, put it that way. What about you, um, mother, grandmother, great-grandmother? I am a grandmother. No, I mean, what about you as a... Oh, my great-grandmother? Yeah, yes. Oh, you know, were, you, were you... Is it inherited in the family with you? Um, you know, I truly believe that everybody has abilities. I just think that to certain. I can people, assure you, I don't. Well, you don't think so, but I bet you you have a gut intuition, so. right? Well, just, you probably have a sense. It. No, you have a sense maybe that maybe something feels right to you, or maybe it's just maybe yours is recognizing or knowing when a person's a good person or when they're not, or it. You know, everybody has some form of ability, whether it's, you know, necessarily paranormally related may not be the case, but yeah, my, my mother knew about this. I mean, she could, she didn't tell me till many years later when I was an adult that she could hear voices, but she'd turn up the TV. Um, yeah. So it's just, just I have a psychic ability right now and I hear the break coming. So, ah, uh, sounds good. Anyway, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, we'll come back. We have a question. Series. 
We have a question from you from the uh, chat room. So you're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles uh, International right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio with Steve Haas and Ron Kolick and our special guest, Transmedium, author in all-around pain, uh, Maureen Wood. <laughs> Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Mysterious and spooky, they all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Parax family. Incredibly, uh, we're back with part two of Ghost Chronicles. No. Shut up. With our special, <laughs> special guest tonight, Transmedium Maureen Wood, and um, our interrupting co-host, New England's very Wait. own Ben Helsing. Host, host, host <laughs> my show. He's like, he, no, he, you're, a, you're a co-host. It's a, he's like an irritating parrot. You're a co-host. I got asked that, by the way, Maureen, on the uh, show today. They said, and this it says, Maureen is the queen of pain, and you are just the pain. That's <laughs> what it said. Yeah. And it, how accurate that was. I know. Um, oh, yeah. That's but uncanny. You know, I blame Ron. Someone said to me a couple weeks ago, and they said, you got to tell Ron, stop calling you the queen of pain because he's manifesting it for you. So, you know, I've had to have a lot of different surgeries for things, and I'm thinking, you know, you maybe there's, a, there's something to that. Huh? You hurt me before you met me. Oh, my God, yeah, but 20 years, it's been 20 years, Ron, so let's, you 20 know. years of pain, oh, well. And when I first met you, you had hurt yourself playing hockey, and who ended up with that pain? Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Anyways, we have, <laughs> we have a question. I've got a question. Oh, God. We got do, a question from the, the chat room. It's been we'll there. do that first. I am, so zip it, will you? <laughs> Can't get any of the Edward and Edgewise. All right. So, Ceiling Cat uh, from the Toji Net, not the Toji Net, the Pararex chat room asks Does Maureen ever physically experience a spirit's death? Yes. And you want to give us an example of that? Um, well, how about the most famous one, the Lizzie Borden one? I'll talk about it. Okay. So, that was, uh, you know, when I was 
working actively with the Ghost Project, running out all the time, investigating. Uh, Ron would never tell us where we're going, right? Just to make sure that I didn't go Googling any information. But let's just say that night he said, you know, we're going to, I know, maybe you even said we were going there, but it was the last minute. We're going to Lizzie Borden house. Um, and we get there, and I've never been there. And anybody who knows the Lizzie Borden house, um, you know, it's in Fall River, Massachusetts, is all about, uh, you know, well, Ron, you could probably explain it better and quicker than me. But I could. go ahead, please do. What? No, no, no. I said I could. Well, I don't think so. Lizzie You're Borden such was, a fine job. was ac- accused of murdering her stepmother and her father by giving him so many whacks in the head with a hatchet, she right? Did. Huh? She did. No, she, she did. Didn't. Well, okay, she no, did. She but I'm just saying she was never <laughs> accused of it. I mean, she was accused. She was never convicted of it, right? So we go to this house, and, you know, we walk in there, and I didn't really know the layout of the place. And, you know, myself and um, another medium was there, Gavin, and we were walking around, and Ron's like, no, you can't do that. You can't walk around. And so anyway, we waited for Ron and the team, and he, it was dark now, and we walked up the stairs. I'm trying to do a quick overview. And we get into the first bedroom on the left, and – you got to be really careful, right? So being a medium, one of the things you want to be careful about is asking how this person died. Um, so next thing I know, I start feeling like I'm being hacked in the back of the head. Um, I was in so much pain, and I remember just felt like I was convulsing. And I just um, – I know I can't really express it enough because, again, this is a part that Ron had to write. I know that we were done. Ron could probably add to it, but when we were done and they turned the lights on, um, I had kicked Ron in a bad place. And from wrestling with him onto the floor. I'm sure the spirit floor. did that. <laughs> but I had what happened and kind of creeped me out the most was feeling all that pain like I was getting a hatchet in the head. But when I ended up waking up and they put the lights on and I looked at the wall in front of me, um, there was a picture because they had historically recreated it with all the pictures. And I was in the same position that the person, the stepmother, had been murdered um, on the floor in, in that same part of the room. So, yeah, you absolutely – I mean, there's been other ones that you've felt pain of heart attack and so forth. But this one was one of the most horrific ways to feel that, how they died. Perhaps the most bizarre thing of the whole incident was that while this was going on, remember it was in the dock, and uh, Haunted Devon was actually with us at that time, and they were filming an IR, and uh, and she started going into this like she's being killed. And you would, if you were there, Steve, you would absolutely agree with this because it was so realistic. You could hear her actually vomiting or, or, or spitting blood up is so you could hear it splatter it was that loud that clear and uh when we turned the lights on we thought we we're going to have a, a mess to deal with and it was absolutely nothing so that that was intriguing, like intriguing yeah. but I, i've got a question for maureen uh, yes go what, ahead what is what do you think the purpose of this sensitivity is because if you yeah. if if you have this ability um you know usually senses are given to us for purpose uh i mean is it is it a blessing is it a curse but what purpose does it serve apart from to entertain ron what is anything good, that's a very good question steve actually it's one that i've asked since i've been a kid um because when i was very young i not only would see spirits but i would also see um i also saw a murder that was taking place at a time and i thought what's the point you know why 
am I seeing this if there's no, you know, no way to kind of help someone or serve someone by mm -hmm. disability? Um, but I will say also over the years, I've been doing readings for different people that come to my house or I'll do remote readings. And I hope that in some way that I'm able to help others heal from communicating with their loved ones or even if it's a message or validation that the person is you know, there. So to me, I hope that is helpful. But other than that, I, I agree with you. Because I, I, I know that one of the, the world's most famous psychics, Eileen Garrett. Garrett Gordon. Eileen Garrett spent um, a lot, well, spent 50 years. She founded the Parapsychological Foundation because she was perplexed by the, by the, you know, where does it come from? What purpose mm -hmm. does it serve? Is it even real? And so she founded this research institute for scientists to study her in the hope that it would answer her own questions about her own abilities. Um, and quite a lot of, you know, psychics seem to, be unaware of the reasons. They'll tell you what they can do. They'll tell you um, things they've done, but not why. Mm -hmm. If you ask them and say, well, you know, what, what purpose does it serve? You can't win the lottery. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're seeing events, you know, there is no advantage to you as a person. Um, you know, if I had super hearing and could hear the car coming around the corner and so I could step out of its way, it's an advantage um, but your advantage seems to be for the benefit of other people. It is. Well, you know, there's many people that, um, you know, I've done, have, let's say friends I've worked with and I feel like you're putting, everybody is put into the path of another person for a reason. Right. Uh -huh. Um, and that there's, you know, like we're, sometimes we're chess pieces, right. Yeah. That we're moved around for a specific task or purpose. Um, I worked at a company and I had a gentleman that I worked with and, you know, very engineer, like not, he was an engineer, um, wasn't into believing in the paranormal. Um, but then his life changed when his 21 year old son died of bacterial meningitis. Um, but what happened was over a series of weeks, months, you know, I had attended the funeral. I went to the church. I heard his son there, uh, very surprised that, and, and it was, it, it was surreal to me because here I am standing in a Catholic church and I hear this kid swearing like mother effa, you know, and he's swearing like to beat the band. Like, I can't believe I'm here and I can't believe, and I'm thinking, wow, we're in a Catholic church. And I, it was surprising to me to hear this kid swearing up a storm. And I'm like, wow. But again, that's how he would swear all the time with his father. And it was a way when I talked to the father that it, it resonated with him. Right. Uh -huh. Because I didn't know his son. I had no, I'd never met him. Um, and even this man, I only knew as a colleague in work, it wasn't like we were friends that hung out. Um, but there were certain things that transpired and happened that, change them because they actually, and I'm not saying, oh, great me, but the son kept coming to me on the way to work and he would show up in my car and he'd say, I asked you to speak with him. And he'd get really upset, right? That I hadn't talked to his father to let him know that he was around. And of course, how do you go up to someone who just lost their child, their only child and start talking about this? You know, it's a very delicate well, situation. Well, I was, I was going to ask you, that was, that was going to be one of my questions, is how yeah. do you approach somebody? It's, it's very difficult. I waited because, I've, you know, it, it took a, a couple weeks until he got back to work. He was working. And then the first day I went down to approach him, and I looked at him, and he was like red-rimmed eyes. He was crying. I said, I can't. I just can't, you know. Um, or they were, he was having a good day, and I said, well, I can't be the one to give him a bad day, right, to remind him. 
um, until the third morning that I was heading into work and his son was swearing to beat the band in my car. I know this sounds crazy, but he's in my car screaming, you told me you, you have to, you have to. So finally I said, fine. I get into work. I go in there. Um, I talked to him and said, you know what? I have to, I got to talk to you. I'm like, how you doing? I shut the door and he looks at me. He's like, I'm not good. He goes, you want to know? Nobody wants to know the truth. He says, my wife and I are going to kill each other tonight. And I just, right then I knew, obviously, what do we have to lose, right? So I told him everything, what the son had to say, and it was things that, you know, he hadn't, nobody knew about. You know, he was with his grandpa, Joe, and he's like, at first he said, Joe, there's no Joe, and then it dawned on him that his son was like three months old when his father-in-law had died, and his name was Joe. So, I mean, all these things, they don't make, they don't make sense to the medium, but they resonate with the person that's getting the message for a reason. And so when you ask, you know, how do they benefit you? I don't know. I mean, I, I hope that you're helping others heal and I hope that's what I, my intention is to do. But I will say if I don't, if I feel called to help someone and I don't, it seems like my life goes haywire. Have you ever been just re completely rejected by somebody? Um, you know, although you want to go and help them, have you just been a, just approach with, you know, fingers in ears, eyes tight shut and don't want to know. I have had people come for readings that will say, I know you're a medium as well, but I really don't want to talk to anybody who's deceased. I just want to know what's going on and, you know, that I, problems I'm dealing with today. Mm -hmm. So those are the times I just, you know, even if I feel somebody, it's not my place to, to, br you know, bridge that or to, to try to give a message just because the person on the other side wants me to, unless the other participant is willing, it's not right to them either. It's not fair. When somebody comes, I mean, do they, are, are there particular popular questions that you get asked, you know, like, is it, for example, what's it like you know, working with Ryan? No, <laughs> I was thinking more like, you know, will I, will I get rich? Will he come back? Will I, you know, fall in love? Uh, are they, are there certain common questions that people want? Oh my God, no! Honestly, no? the ones that show up, they want, they want a one. They want to find out what's ahead of them. But when they have a loved one, for instance, the majority of people that I've been working with over the last several years have uh -huh. been have really, really in tight places or tough places with grief. You know, they've lost many family members. They've had family members commit suicide. Um, you know. They've, their children have been passed, their parent they've been very close to passed. It's just, it's very heartbreaking. And I'll tell you, for those who think that it's so simple to, to just give readings and take someone's money, they don't even have a, an understanding of how difficult it is to wear others' pain, even for a short period of time. Okay, cool. And many of the questions, I mean, there's hundreds more questions, but I'm going to step aside and let Ron have a go. I don't know, I'm just looking for something. <laughs> well, Ron has what? a different. Ron's worked with me for many years, you know, so yeah. he knows how crazy I am. <laughs> I am, yes. Anyways, he's never, he's never described you as crazy. Really? Oh, if I'm well, honest. he did in the beginning. No, <laughs> if I'm no. honest, he's he's sung your praises on crazy many, many occasions. <laughs> No, you know, it was, I will tell you, starting, it was great work starting with the Ghost Project and it being with them, you know, working with Ron all these years. But it's funny because in the beginning, I laugh now because, you know, Ron is so, has grown psychically. Um, oh, I know you hate that, Ron, but 
when I first started, you should have seen him, Steve, right? We would be, you know, he was a science. I was doing the medium and I would use the pendulum. And, you know, he was okay with the pendulum because it had a yes, no, and a maybe. But as soon as, soon as I would I could have see, In all fairness, I could see something. You know, just having somebody tell me crap is, you no, know. No, no, no. And it, that's what I'm no, saying. That's why it's I like logical. The and that. Exactly. It's fine, but it yeah. was comical because you were starting to get all freaked out when I would give names and you go, wait a minute, you can't get a name. It's a yes, no, or a maybe. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. You're not getting a name on that. So, again, I think ha- like doing the his- history, the research, and understanding that, yeah, hey, there was names like that. There, you know, and it's learning. You know, you're, you're learning from each other, and as you grow in the group, you know, he started to realize, and I started to realize, how we had to work good with each other. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a very interesting, a great learning curve. Me too. For both of us. <laughs> you yeah, you to, guys can't hear the down. squeaking when I open these drawers, can you? Yes, we yeah. can. By the by. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Oh, I found it. At least we know where he keeps the bodies now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was looking for. A... <laughs> All right, don't mind me. All right, so <laughs> Steve was doing so good, too. Uh, all right, back to where I was. Where we're fine, I was. but then you joined in. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that that's the, the whole thing is, is when I first started that, I was so skeptic of, of so much. And, you know, I can't say that anymore. But, right, uh, well, I, I – Safe clippings. Oh, shut up. I, I still retain skepticism, and, and I've seen a lot of things. And even the things I've witnessed and experienced, I still uh, doubt them at times afterwards. You know, you look back and I say, really? It's, did you really? Did you? You know, I mean, it, you, it's unfortunate. But when you get farther away from an incident, uh, your brain starts to uh, play tricks on you. It starts to either look for logic or, or – you begin to remember things that weren't there. So that's it's so important to document everything you do. It really is. Right. Well, you know, I also believe, too, that to me there's a balance in everything, right? So <laughs> I, I think that you're doing yourself a, um, an injustice if you don't look at the logical side as well because if you look at the logical side, yet, you, you know, what you're feeling is one thing, and I appreciate that, but I have seen that it's a risk in the paranormal, right? with many people who are working in the paranormal that especially out in the first, when they first begin working in the paranormal, right? Because what happens is they are so into these, the higher vibrations or this is, it's all higher vibrations. It's all paranormally related that they forget to ground themselves in reality as well. So I think that there's a risk of being lost into the paranormal. If you don't have a good grasp on reality to kind of keep you grounded. You know what kind of irritates me, Maureen, and what? and is that whenever, whenever I talk about what we do and everything else, and 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 people will ask you, well, do you do you help the spirits to the light? And mm-hmm. it irritates the crap out of me. I says, no, I am not a freaking exorcist. I'm, you know, I'm not. A, well, that's not an exorcist. You help well, the spirit. Well, whatever. But who were we I, to do that? I mean, yeah, we're we don't know. That's what I do. Been there before we are have been, and it's not to say that there aren't times when we have asked those questions. Do you need help? You know, are you, are you happy here? And many times when we'd go out and investigate, we would ask the question if they want to leave, and it was like no. 
Yeah. You know, I don't want to leave. You know, and why? It, and how do we know why that spirit's there in the first place? Are they there to watch out for someone? Do we know that? Is it our position to to enforce our own will and to make someone leave if there if it's no harm coming to the living? You right. know, I don't think that all of the spirits that are around are actually trying to go somewhere else. Um, no. Look at Steve. I, I, I certainly wouldn't, because if. Um... I would be mightily, mightily pissed off if somebody sent me to the other side because, <laughs> for me, the opportunity to hang around and see what plays out, you know, um, there are so many unanswered questions. I, I'd like to have always liked to have been immortal because there are so many. I would get really... You mean you're not? Oh, I'm working on it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but for me, you know, not knowing the outcome of stuff like will we go to Mars? What will happen in a hundred years? What will... mm-hmm. I get so cross if I don't know, the, don't find out the answer to that. But if if I was like you know lucky enough to you know be able to hang around and wait and see the outcome, and then somebody came wandering in and went, oh, you're going to the light now. Well, I'd be mad. <laughs> yeah, but, and you know I don't uh, I I guess I'd I don't be a believe as well. <laughs> 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 I don't. I don't know. I think that for us, at least many mediums believe, and this is my my belief, is that heaven is not really a place. It's a vibration. So if you can imagine like a cake, say a 10-tier cake. Yeah, we're here. It's the heaviest. We're earth, you know, the earth, people living here, it's denser. And as the vibration gets higher, um, you know, that could be considered heaven, right? The higher vibrations. So totally. we're talk. all in the same place, just a different realm of existence, let's say. Hmm. Well, if I, as I said, if I get cleared out to the light, I'm going to be mad at well, that. Well, Steve, wait, 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 everything happened at once so you know maybe when you go like you know everything so it's like well that's cool yeah, it doesn't, that it doesn't matter it's the fact that somebody came along and arbitrarily shooed me out yeah i agree with you yeah yeah no one's going to tell me what to do and, and you know what i if, what, i'll if, decide if i want to go separates us from us is, is free will and yeah. right yeah you know if i if i want to go and float off towards the chandelier or right. a 60 watt bulb that's my choice <laughs> exactly I agree with you 100%. That's the thing. We should make spirit light bulbs that attract ghosts. Been done. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's Did been done, really? and it was, yeah, it was, it was marketed back in the 1920s. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. What was, it, what was so special about the light bulb? Nothing. They were painted red. <laughs> oh, well, I read like yeah, that's what those that's are used why. for now. Ah, yeah. ah. Uh, they indicate well, something altogether. They, were, they weren't yeah. just painted red. I mean, they were predominantly red, but they had all sorts of weird designs on them and different different sellers of electric light bulb snake oil um, wow. did them in different ways. Wow. Ones. How can you say that? Snake oil? Because that's what they were. They were just... Goodness gracious. I suppose you're going to call it spirit box snake oil. Of the highest oh, caliber. Of the K2. Of the wow. highest caliber. Oh. <laughs> Actually, no, no, and it, EVP, the, the spirit boxes, that's not a snake oil, that's crack cocaine. And you broke that's, a radio? Yeah, that's... You, you, it's real? You, the radio you, broke. You take one of those into a, a, any group of people, believers, skeptics, set it up, switch it on, and it's so addictive, it's crack cocaine. Oh, it right. is. I agree with you. 
Nobody likes the. I love that sound. Oh, I like the step. I like the the, um, the new ones are stepless, so they the all the, the, the older version was an analog sweep, but mm-hmm. you you don't have that that annoying. Which that's the coolest part. That, that's what he likes. So that's the coolest okay. part, Steve. That reminds me of like being in a in an old time laboratory and working with archaic equipment, and it's doing its archaic equipment zipping and zapping and duping. That's great. Well, it's not though. It's just a digital processor stepping stepping through the frequency spectrum. Oh, be quiet. I, I prefer that. <laughs> You're ruining I it prefer, for us. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that more sort of swoosh of the analog. No, I don't like this. We need uh, sort of whistles and howls of the analog heterodyne. Oh nice. yeah, that's not bad too. Yeah, I like that too. You're right. Ah. Just yeah. an old-fashioned boy. You know, it, we we could communicate with spirits more often on the TV if we had more than uh, if we didn't have all these stations that are on. Back in the old days, well, you had like is, yeah, three or four me. stations, so you were able to get yeah. a station that had some crap on it. Well, remember the basic premise of the, of the movie White Noise is that the guy was tuning his television set to a blank channel or in between channels to get the static mm. white noise static on the screen. You can't, can't do, do that, that nowadays with digital no, television. It's terrible. Terrible. You get 900 channels of... Yeah, but they did that because they wanted visual, not just yeah, listening you, you to... Either, you either no, get no, li- no, no. That's how the original guys did it, right, Steve? Yeah. You either get 900 channels of Lizard Lipto in the endless repeats of Ghost Adventures or um, uh, that one set in Alaska. Well, I'm not saying it doesn't work, Ron. Well, I'm saying tuna. the show did it for that reason. What? Do you know what I mean? When they got all the EVPs... Instead of them just doing it because they didn't want to be just listening, they tried to bring in the television. Like you said, nowadays, how could you do that? That was ITC back then. That that was um, legit. Still, it, it still goes on. There are still right. researchers using old analog um, television systems for that. I have all no, analog television. I still do mine. Still do? I think if you take off the cable and you just get an uh, antenna, you should probably do the same thing, right? Yeah, the problem is... No, that's going digital now. Yeah, with um, modern televisions, when you don't have a signal, it just blanks the screen now. It senses yeah. the signal and blanks the Absolutely. screen. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't get that famous... So I should buy static. I should buy up all the old TVs and, and then I can sell them as spirit communication devices. Yeah, spirit, and all, all you need is a you just need a four year old uh, girl just to sit in front of it. Turn around, <laughs> like, <"They're> here. <laughs> or one that's going to climb out of the two. How's that? Yeah, actually, do you know what? I I would love to do. But there's a thing for spirit quest. Let's get an old analog TV set up in a room. That would be a good idea if you could do it. Instead of a mirror. Let's do it with an analog TV. No more mirrors. Exactly. Mirrors and dead birds. I'm fed up with Lucille's cotton. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways. But uh, let's have a television set running. Oh, we could always steer it. That would be so cool. It's like, that would be so cool. You could it's always like steer a it a haunted iguana. No, oh, thinking, God. Put, not the haunted put, iguana. Put in a, a, an analog TV into a psychomantium chamber. Would work. Ooh, really. don't even get me going with those. I have a great photograph of Maureen and I in Psychomantium <laughs> table. That was crazy at the Houghton Mansion. Yep. Yes. Talked wasn't about that, that on a, that a live show. one he brought to the Spirit Quest, was it? Mm. No. Photo booth, like a punch no. and duty stand. No. This was built <laughs> by Josh Mantello from Berkshire Paranormal at the Houghton Mansion. So and uh, the interesting thing about him, we talked about this on, on last uh, Wednesday show uh, when we did the live video broadcast 
is that one of the persons who attended this event was a uh, student of uh, Dr. Moody. In fact, uh, she had her own psychomancy, and uh, she went into this one in, in supposedly a haunted location. And by the time she left, she was not feeling good, and she had a heart attack on the way home. So, well, really, yeah, that's that's not good. That's As not I good. In the comments, publicity. I, I, uh, my first PhD was going to study um, those, so I actually built um, a psychomancy up at Hope University. Oh, cool. Then, then the PhD changed changed course. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that was the doorbell, which means pizza from the dead is here, and we've got to wrap it up. Murray, anything you like to add? Uh, can if people wanted to get a, in touch with you, how could they do that? Well, I actually have uh, my website now set up, so it's just maureen-wood.com. Unless the dead, of course, in which case, just pop up. Just pop. There you go. Just pop on by. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, for those who are interested in more of Maureen's and my adventures, you can buy our books, which is the original Ghost Chronicles and more Ghost Chronicles in case you didn't have enough in the original Ghost Chronicles. So there you go. And it's just like being a fly on the wall. That's right. And you'll know why she's the queen of pain and I'm just the pain. pain. <laughs> Remind me to bring a fly swat. <laughs> So, Steve, anything you want to add? Uh, how was your uh, your uh, book launch? Uh, well, book launch number one went well. Book launch number two is next month. So, um, going well. How can you have two book launches? You can't have because, two book launches. It's either a book launch or not book launch. Because we couldn't fit all the people that wanted to go to the first one in. So, it's, it's a book launch and then... Pas de. Pas de. A rinse and repeat book launch. There you that's, go. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Great, great news. That up. Well, Maureen, thank you so much for joining us today. And, All right. Uh, well, thanks for having I know me. You, I'm not, I know you're not feeling well. I hope you feel better. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, um, well, soon. All right. Well, you guys take care. Yep. Peace All and right. light. Bye-bye. <laughs> to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good Lord. <laughs>